In times of crisis, human beings by nature will look for change, for radical transformation. We may want to control or modify, if not the cause, then at least our reactions to the crisis. Here we must confront the factors that motivate our desire for this change. seeking harmony, better health, inner balance, and the acquisition of greater knowledge? Or is there a mystical, more spiritual element involved? One of the most popular methods used today to obtain a certain inner balance and tranquility is yoga, in which by means of movements and postures, in Sanskrit, asanas, and breathing exercises, in Sanskrit, pranayama, an attempt is made to lower stress, reduce anxiety, improve physical flexibility, and calm the mind. For many people, yoga is just a form of physical exercise, not an inner spiritual path. But in its original and broader sense, yoga means union, referring to union with God, the universal absolute consciousness. Mabel Collins, a theosophist, wrote in Light on the Path, before the eyes can see, they must be incapable of tears. Before the ear can hear, it must have lost its sensitiveness. Before the voice can speak in the presence of the masters, it must have lost the power to wound. Before the soul can stand in the presence of the masters, its feet must be washed in the blood of the heart. In the times that humanity has now entered, people are thrown back ever more insistently and compellingly into the constraints of our world of opposites. Those who may want to walk a spiritual path no longer have the opportunity to lose themselves in the infinite or to practice the ancient mystical renunciation of the world. Why is this so? It is because humanity has entered into a state of world change, a great revolution. Every candidate for liberation is now called to transcend this existence in the world of duality by way of an individual inner revolution. Liberation is possible through a fundamental reversal of the candidate's personality. Although we can say that a relationship exists between bringing harmony to the personality and rising above su the suffering of this world via transfiguration, in reality, there is a wide abyss 
that separates these two ways. In the first way, people try to master suffering with natural methods. By doing so, they become more tightly bound with lower nature. In the second way, what we might call the true yogis rise above the suffering in this world by forging within themselves a link with the divine. In this way, we discover that to penetrate the very essence of yoga, we must completely free ourselves from the attachments, the prison of our desires and passions. Like Arjuna, the subject of our previous presentation, we must wage a hard battle against all the impediments that bind us to matter. That is why the Bhagavad Gita says, those whom neither pleasure nor pain disturbs and between their swings remain firm are worthy of immortality. is in India, but some of its ideas and aims are common to the teachings of liberation in other parts of the world. One could say, in the universal sense, the original yoga can be considered a system of transfiguration, such as can also be found in Taoism, Buddhism, Christianity, Sufism, and other spiritual paths. It is a process that aims at the liberation of humanity from the cycle of incarnation. It is designated as yoga in the sacred terminology of the East and referred to as rebirth in the sacred language of Christianity. The candidate of an Eastern school describes it as reunion with Brahma, while those who belong to a Western school speak of the encounter with the inner Christ in the new field of life that leads to a conscious reunification with a universal spirit. This process of reconnecting with the divine essence or the universal spirit through a new way of living as described in yoga, in the yamas and the yamas, and in Christianity, in the Sermon on the Mount, on the Mount establishes a link with a new atmosphere characterized by a totally different etheric substance. <clears throat> Once this union is achieved, the candidate will breathe deeply in this new field of life. This process of liberation from the chains of mortality has its basis in the heart and consists of attaining unity in rising to the divine consciousness. In the Bhagavad Gita, it says, you carry in yourself a sublime friend that you do not know 
because God resides within every human being, but few know how to find him. In this way, we open ourselves to the forces of Atman, the spirit, the spark of spirit within us, achieving liberation, the reborn spirit soul. Thus Atman, the spirit, spirit spark, the rose residing in the human heart can reunite with Brahma, the Logos, the absolute omnipresent. This yoga implies a perfect rest, an intimate state of peace and serenity that breaks out ties to the world of space and time, a permanence, firm and purity beyond opposites, working in union with the divinity and renouncing all attachments, being serene both in success and in failure. Whoever acts in this way chooses a reflective and conscious way of living that places demands on thoughts, feelings, desires, and all physical activities, and is the foundation of true life. It deeply touches each individual aspect of the fourfold system of the personality, but does not make us isolated or indifferent individuals. When you attain this way of living, you can begin to breathe correctly by participating in a new spiritual atmosphere that is expressed in a new etheric substance, in a new field of life. This breath, these burning tongues of fire as mentioned in the Bible, penetrates the seven fields of life, awakening and harmonizing everything that is found there. The ancient wisdom calls this union participating in the breath of the one that dissolves all that is not divine in the sevenfold microcosmic system. A new temple is built. This new temple, the true inner temple, rises at the same time that the old one is demolished, which occurs in three stages, in three days, as described in some sacred texts. The three days indicate that the three centers of our consciousness are renewed, head, heart, and hands, thinking and will, feelings and action. Harmony is brought to a purified heart sanctuary in which the voice of the spirit spark speaks and to a head sanctuary in which a new thinking and will are born. The renewal of the heart and head 
is transferred to the sanctuary of life and is therefore expressed by pure actions. The hormonal system of the human being is of vital importance in this process of breakup and renewal. The organs of internal secretion, the ductless glands that are responsible for hormone production, physically represent centers of force that, beyond their physiological tasks, are critically involved in the processes of transformation and transfiguration, where the other one within us must grow in power while the influence of the I, the ego, simultaneously diminish. This is a wonderful activity, a way of the cross, where all the principles of the fourfold personality are demolished and the auric sphere radiates pure golden prana. This can be considered yoga in the original pure sense of the word, the union with the spirit, the birth of the spirit soul in the human being. As Jan von Reichenborg, one of the founders of our school says in the Chinese Gnosis, then a unity will arise between the threefold spirit, soul, and personality state. And through that unity in you, the spirit will be connected with humanity, with the world in its hour of desperate need. From that moment onwards, the lower nature will yield to the governance of your renewed true self then you will be able to apply Gnostic magic, for you will have become capable of practicing the highest yoga God has given to his children. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed it. If you wish to support us in reaching more people, like our posts, rate us with five stars on iTunes, leave a positive comment where you can, or share our content on your social media.